Hey there, this is Kat Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator Podcast. Today, I have my guest, Jennifer Fry. She founded Appreciated Asset in 2018. After spending decades in business development, she knew there was a better way to approach sales than the traditional bro marketing tactics. Appreciated Assets Sales Accelerator Program offers businesses a unique consultative approach to contract them to set new business appointments with their prospects wish list. They give their clients all the benefits of cold calling a targeted prospect list without any of the headaches of the dreaded task, cold calling. Okay, so let's just go ahead and start with that. Why do you love cold calling? Um, I am, I've always said I'm like a dinosaur unicorn hybrid, right? Um, in that cold calling is kind of the original way to do sales. Uh, door to door was never for me. That was never going to happen. And I started, um, back in New York city in the early two thousands, um, with really that bro marketing sales training Mm. about cold calling. Um, but I loved the amount of people that I could reach in a really efficient amount of time. Um, and cold calling is really an amazing way to establish rapport with new prospects. Yeah. So you're not like picking up a phone call and basically randomly dialing a number and saying, Hey, you human being potentially with a pulse, you need to buy this thing right now. You have a different process because that would be more bro of, I don't know why you stranger did not wake up this morning, not wanting to pay someone else $10,000 you know, why, why, what's wrong with you? So what's, what's an aligned approach for people who are interested in doing cold calling that isn't that bro space and energy and yuckiness? You have to come first from a heart of service. You have Mm. to have a solution that you really believe in and that, you know, can help your customer or your client or your prospect. And you have to get really specific as well on who that ideal prospect is. Um, A lot of people are nervous about narrowing down their target market and their ideal prospects. But what you'll find is the more specific you get, the more narrow you get, the better results you're going to have as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really having a clear idea. I mean, it's basically being able to go into a room and being able to see not that everybody in the room is someone who can buy from you, but really just seeing all of a sudden the spotlight shine on like three people to have the conversation, to continue to qualify, to then make an invitation. Um, and I so appreciate that, you, you know, you're leveraging effort that other business owners have already put in their business, because you're not just saying, Hey, my team is going to come in here and support you in filling your programs. It's, hey, what have you got working for you? Let's build off of that versus you coming in and having to all of a sudden be the marketing, the sales, the, the content, all of the things. Um, how often do you run into people having those, uh, I don't know, those wrong expectations of what someone does when they come in to support the sales efforts in a business? You know, a lot of times we will work with people who have had either bad experiences within their own sales departments or with um, kind of external call center type services. And what Mm. we do, because it's so different, it really is apples and oranges. So I don't really spend a lot of time talking about what's gone wrong in the past because I can't compare what they do with what we do. It's very different. Um, We've created an entire paradigm shift within sales and what sales can be. Because we really, again, come at it with our heart of service and really focusing on the solution 
that our clients can provide. And unfortunately, or fortunately, a lot of times we say no more times than we say yes to potential clients because we are really only interested in bringing on the right partners for services that we know that we can really make an impact with. We want the same from them as well. Yeah. I see that it's a very mirrored kind of relationship in terms of uh, you being very clear as to who it is that you can create success for versus more of the bro space of, hey, if you have a credit card that's going to clear, like, let's get started. Um, And I know that you're also very specific about who you onboard as part of your process and your team that goes out and supports the clients in your business to get those kinds of bigger results. So tell me a little bit more about this paradigm shift, because I think people can kind of connect to it of being like, yeah, sales could be different, but so much of what they've experienced in their own business or what they've you know, heard their friends complain about is not necessarily that positive emotion. Yeah. I think you have to come at it from an angle of wanting to educate people mm-hmm. about a solution that you are confident that they need to know about. Yeah. So when we do that, the entire energy shifts around what it is that that we're messaging. Um, in addition, I've been in business development my whole career. I've had that rebuttal tout close sales training. I've learned about all of that. At the end of the day, it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to volley with someone. You don't have to argue with someone. And if you are arguing with someone, it's probably not the right energy fit for you for long-term relationships anyway. Right. Yeah. You have to know your product, you have to know your service, but at the end of the day, if the energy match isn't there and you don't have a prospect who's really open to receiving the information that you want to share, it's really not going to be the right fit. And that's where numbers game comes into play as well. Mm. That's why you have to just keep picking up the phone because it's not going to be for everyone. You have to accept that. Oh, you mean that you don't just call someone once and if they don't answer or say no, then that's the very end of the rainbow. I mean, there's more afterwards that you should be doing. So I think this is a huge misconception about sales. You know, if someone doesn't call back that they don't like you or they're not interested. And I just have done this for a long enough time that I've come to an understanding, first of all, not to take it personally. Um, persistence is absolutely key and walking a fine line between persistence. You don't want to be annoying, but you want to be persistent. And again, the right people will appreciate that about you. Mm. Um, and then also making sure that when you do have information to share, that you are clear enough with that prospect about what that information can do for them. Because at the end of the day, it's really not about you getting the sale. It's about you finding the right fit for that prospect. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this really big interplay between the marketing and the sales team, right? Because I know that I've gone into larger companies in the consultative role and I've seen this whole, and if you're not watching the video, it's two hands pointing in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Where's the problem? Marketing's pointing at sales and sales is pointing at marketing. So how do you help bridge that? that gap that I see a lot oftentimes in businesses where the two teams, and even if it's just, you know, the business owner and their salespeople or, you know, the marketing team and the business owner, because there's a lot of business owners who still head up the sales aspect of their business. How do you help kind of heal that wound or bridge that gap? You have to get specific and direct 
on what your value proposition is yeah. in the marketplace. What sets you apart? Are you better? Are you faster? Are you cheaper? I hate that word, but that's no, kind of that marketing sure. 101. <laughs> that's, that's it. And the competition and how will that affect your prospect? Mm-hmm. So being really dialed in on that and not just in general terms, but with some really key metrics and some KPIs that you can show that you have shipped success stories, um, you know, percentages that you've been able to increase revenue, decrease costs, whatever that is, how can you really monetize it? Because once you can monetize it for your prospect of what it would mean to them, that's when they're going to be ready for the next step of that call. If that is important to them yeah. at time. And the other thing about this is that just because someone says no to you right now, it does not mean it's a no. It is most probably a not now. But a lot of people make the mistake of just feeling the rejection and ending the call. And that's not necessarily where it needs to be. I've had prospects before where I've said, I'm just really not interested right now. And I will follow up with, well, is there a better time for me to circle back with you where you might be open to this conversation? thinking that they're going to say next year. And they say, give me about four weeks. Mm. Well, (laughs) that's going to be here before we know it. So really making sure that you are setting yourself up with a pipeline as well of people that want to have that conversation, just maybe not right at this moment. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is really related to permission-based sales. So it's not this, I'm pushing myself on you, which is more of that bro strategy that you were talking about earlier and more about really building a relationship with someone, even if it's not someone who was in your pipeline, meaning for appreciated asset, but in your client's pipeline that you're supporting them with. Um, What are you seeing people could be doing better to help with building that pipeline that your team can kind of help pick up and, you know, bring to the finish line? I think a CRM is essential. It Let's say it one more time. <laughs> How many businesses do not have an active CRM? So a CRM is really essential. And whatever that looks like, you know, have something to keep track. Um, and then what else can they be doing? I mean, I think that it's really important to make sure that Again, you're in front of the clients at the right time for them and that they know, well, it's not about your commission check this month or your sales, your numbers this month, but that you want to work with them in the timeline that makes sense for them and you'll be there. Sales is not a short-term strategy. You're in this. And so you have to continue to do the activity and plant the seeds over and over and over again. And I think to your question, to make a very long story short, that's what people do. They do these like spurts Mm. of sales activity and then they fill a pipeline and then they stop. Yeah. And then what happens when that pipeline either dries up or you get people through and you get sales closed, then what? So it's having those constant activities going forward. And as far as where you can find prospects everywhere, everywhere. So there is that CRM you haven't touched. There's the conference you spoke at before COVID and then no one followed up on anyone because the world shut down. Um, There's podcasts and webinars that you've done. There are people who are engaging with you on social media. And then we all have these. Hold on. Oh, she's going to pull it out. I know exactly where you're going. (laughs) 
We've all got these. We all have these. These are actually mine. That's not a prop. That's real. We've all got them. Yep. That someday off the next time I get a chance. But those are, I've always said, I'd rather collect five business cards than give out 50 because I know that they'll get followed up with. Right. Well, and, and part of this is really hitting on a little bit of what I talk about too, which is, you know, we're already connected to a wealth of well, money, revenue, opportunity, all those things. And so many people are always focusing on, you know, driving cold leads into their pipeline and warming them up instead of looking at the, the huge opportunity of people who are already warm. And it may be that thing of that one reach out, that one call. And sometimes I think a lot of things that keep people stuck, and maybe we can talk about this because I think it's where you really can help create those big revenue windfalls for people is people are stuck in that negative association with sales, right? So Mm -hmm. it's the rejection, it's the fear of success, the fear of failure, all these things. So, you know, when can someone know that they're ready for someone like you to come into their business and create that support versus having to really work on that stuff themselves to get ready for you? Yeah. Um, We work with clients that are looking to grow and that either have a sales department in place, but they're not doing that cold calling activity. And we can help round out and give them all the benefits of cold calling campaign without anyone having to pick up the phone. It's really a done for you service. Um, But then we also work with clients that are launching a new product or launching into a new geographic area where we're almost set up as their beta testers Mm. to really take that before they give it to their team to focus on. Um, But I think, you know, a big mistake that a lot of businesses make is they go in one direction only for their sales activity. And a lot of times that's what I'm seeing is a lot through social media, which I'm not saying don't do social by all means do it, but have a well-rounded way to build that pipeline out. And cold calling is one area. LinkedIn is one area. Um, Email marketing is one area. Um, There's a lot of messaging out there that cold calling is dead and don't do it. That's because they're trying to sell you something away from cold calling We've built an entire business around cold calling and built entire departments for clients of ours around cold calling. So we are here to tell you that is absolutely not true. Um, But usually when someone's trying to tell you don't do it this way, it's because they're trying to steer you in another direction. We don't do that with our clients. We try all of it, see what works for you, but have all of it as part of a working strategy. Right. Well, and any smart, intelligent CEO understands that it's not necessarily doing the things that you're strong at, that you're supposed to be delegating, but you're supposed to be delegating out the things that complement your strengths, which means your weaknesses um, and being able to do that because just because you're not great at it doesn't mean that it's not a strategy that's worthwhile. Um, Too many times I've seen CEOs kind of overreach and try to do too much or get out of that role and then slip back into it out of whatever need to control things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what does a salesperson look like? Because a lot of times people think salesperson, you're like slicked back hair, you know, cheap suit, you know, <laughs> half tied tie, yellowed shirt kind of car salesman thing. So what, what can a salesperson look like, especially when it comes to people who are building out their business and really wanting to scale faster? When I'm looking for a good salesperson, I'm looking for someone 
that's coachable, with really great energy, that's resilient, mm. that's smart, intelligent, they can think on their toes, like they, you know, they can think on their feet and they don't get rattled easily. Um, it doesn't have to be, look, I'm aggressive. I am assertive, but I borderline with aggressive. I know this about, that's who I am. But not everyone looks like me who does really well in sales. Just like not everyone who, you know, that sales guy in the parking lot, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. And I'm so excited to really be part of changing the conversation about what sales is and what sales mm -hmm. can be. Um, sales is for someone who is driven, who's ambitious, who wants to see some financial rewards from their efforts, and also who has a bit of, um, you know, I think a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit as well. Every salesperson should really look like they are running their own business. Mm. They should really take ownership and pride in what they create and what they generate for their mm. business. Yeah. So what does it take to be good in sales or to be a good sales rep or to, you know, even go into someone else's business and represent that sales modality in a positive way? I think coming from a heart of service and being really solutions focused. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to have a solution that you really believe in, that you can get behind. Right. Um, that's why when we take on new clients, we're very selective to make sure they have a really great, exciting solution that we are really jazzed about sharing with, you know, with their prospects. Mm. Absolutely. That's awesome. So I know we touched like just briefly on the CRM. So have you mm -hmm. seen different CRMs be more effective than others? I mean, there's the gamut of an Excel spreadsheet to a notebook to like complicated, super expensive tech, like Salesforce and HubSpot and all this other stuff. Yeah. Where, where are you seeing, like, you know, are there any recommendations that you have or things that you think people aren't doing that they should be like little secrets that you're like, if you knew this, this would change how you do business. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people who will do anything to avoid picking up the phone or making a sales call or do actual sales activity. Right. And I think CRMs for some people can be a really great way to stall that activity. Mm. So every CRM you choose, I use mine as a task manager. I personally use Zoho. I've used it for years. It is not fancy. It's about as unfancy as it gets um, where I get teased about it, but it works for me because I've got a system and I'm actually looking at upgrading my systems right now. Um, but they all have the same functionalities, more or less. You want to work with, you know, the one that obviously is going to be the most cost effective for you. But with that said, don't spend all your time filling in every form field. You don't need to know the zip code for the client you're calling on before you pick up the phone. Yeah. When we put in a new lead into our system, we have the business name and the phone number. And that's it. I don't even know, to know who the person is. I'll find out. Mm. But a lot of people really get caught up on those details. And well, I can't until this is all filled out. And that's just a stall tactic. Right, right. And on the other side of that too, it's important to capture what the conversation, the context of it in terms Absolutely. of after the fact, because I see a lot of people just, you know, kind of have conversations and like, oh yeah, I'll remember to reach out in two weeks. <laughs> no way. And that's why I really use it as a task manager. Um, and I use it for test manager for a lot of other business tasks that I use as well, not just my sales calls. Um, 
but right. I mean, taking really meticulous notes is more important than anything else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having those reminders go out and things like that. So what, what are some things that kind of led to you being able to be as brilliant as you are with this? And then that also then parlays into how you're setting your teams up to support your clients to be successful as well. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've just done this for a really long time. Mm. I saw success in my early twenties on the phone and that reward of that celebration and that accomplishment, it made me realize I was good at it. And it was something that I've continuously honed, honed and and worked on um, getting better, but I knew that I had the persistence there. Mm. And I also, at some point, just let go of taking it personally. If someone was rude to me, if someone, you know, swore at me, they still do. I mean, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with them. I, you know, my mantra for that is hurt people, hurt people. No one who's good with themselves would ever treat someone like that. I get calls every day. I would never speak to anyone like that. Mm. It doesn't matter whether I did what I do or not. Right. You just don't treat people poorly. It's so amazing how often people are it's not even the trigger. Cause I do want to talk about that after you're done with this, which yeah. is that relationship with sales. Yeah. So how I did this, I saw success. I saw the financial benefits. I am entrepreneurial. And so I did like the idea of having, um, you know, commission structures where I could earn more, the more that I did. Mm. Um, I've always been really driven that way. Um, but I think last year I had this huge mindset shift where I'm really not in business development anymore. And I realized that I am in education. Mm. And for me, in terms of my sales career, that's been probably the biggest um, <laughs> paradigm shift, I would say, um, because it's completely shifted my mindset. I'm not here to close anyone. I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm not here to push anyone into anything. I am here to share information about my business, about my clients' businesses, and make sure that I do it in a very clear and concise and professional way. And then leave that door open for when that conversation should happen. Mm. Yeah. It's really just, you know, the, the difference between chasing someone, right. And kind of creating an invitation to a dinner party. And it's just like, look, so many people are going to RSVP when you make that invitation and some will say yes and some will say no, but it doesn't mean that that relationship is void just because they, or even cancel at the last minute because right. life happens. Um, but you touched on this reactivity that people mm-hmm. have with sales. So we know Pitchy Pete on LinkedIn, for example, who slides into the DMs. I say that he gives everyone PTCD, right? Post-traumatic connection disorder. <laughs> you you, you kind of know that something's going to happen, but you accept the connection anyway. And shocker, there it is. Yeah. Hey, looks like you have a pulse and you could use to, you know, today you should buy this for me. Right. Um, and so I had someone say this the other day, or actually a little while ago, and they said, your reaction to sales and being pitched is within you. That person is just doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is they're selling. Maybe they're not selling in the best way, but 
if you're in business, you're selling. So what's your thought process around that reactivity when someone is a just pitching, right? Which has mm-hmm. a negative, more negative energy, if you will, versus that invitation. Like where, where does that, where does that stem from in, in your, in your opinion? And where do you think the responsibility lies when it comes to those kinds of engagements? I think there's just so many businesses that are missing opportunities because they haven't updated their process in decades. <laughs> and as much as I've been doing cold calling for decades, I don't work with scripts. We have messaging that we use and we have points that we want to communicate, but we are there to engage in conversation. And so the LinkedIn, it's tough for me to relate from my end because we don't use that method. Right. Um, however, when it is done to me, it is so starkly apparent that they are not at all interested in any sort of relationship mm. um, that they are cutting and pasting a message, which, man, I've been there. I've done it. When you know better, you do better, but right. I've done it. So I don't <laughs> want to be a hypocrite. Um, but, you know, making sure that, that it's not about having, you know, getting through a paragraph that you've got to read and if someone tries to stop you or something that you're just laser focused, businesses are missing the opportunities because first of all, I think they're not hiring necessarily the right people to have those. But if you really look at things from a more consultative approach where you can find out about clients, find out about their businesses, engage in a way that is genuine, and that typically doesn't happen with a copy and paste message. Right. It's a skill set that's developed over time. I like to call it the art of the conversation, right? And it's not this, I've, I've had people who I didn't want to work with because they said, are you going to give me a script? Are you going to tell me exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it? And no, I can give you templates, meaning structure around how conversations typically go, how to keep moving the conversation potentially towards an invitation. But I think there's this easy button approach that people are trying to hit all the time um, that, you know, people feel like they can skip the line and there's ways of skipping the line, but it's not about reaching out to strangers and just, you know, what, what, maybe there's one person out there. Maybe there's a bluebird where that's the exact moment where they were making a buying decision and you happen to land in their inbox. But the majority of people don't make business decisions, especially investments and large ticket investments that way. Um, And it's a real misunderstanding as to the psychology of buying behavior and not in an intention of knowing it to manipulate it, but in a way to understand human behavior so that you can support people to make an empowered. I talk about making an empowered decision, right? A resounding yes, not a resentful Mm -hmm. one, because the resentful ones asks for for refunds. Um, Now, I know you have a process to help people identify those lost leads or lost opportunities. Um, So how can people learn more about that and get in touch with you? Sure. So if you go to our website, um, it's appreciatedasset.com backslash assessment. We are offering a free pipeline assessment for anyone who's listening today. And we can go through that with you and see, you know, where there may be opportunities that you're missing. Uh, in your sales process. 
Oh, fantastic. It's always good to know where the good leads accidentally got left behind or what strategies. Oh, yeah, that's right. That used to work. Let me start doing that again. <laughs> um, anything else that you want people to know as it relates to you know, your area of expertise when it comes to moving the sales conversation along in that cold calling arena? I think that cold calling, like anything else, it's a skill and if you are uncomfortable, it's because you're learning to grow and you want to remember that. So I encourage people to try it, especially as business owners, um, really get uncomfortable and try it and see what objections people are saying, see what people are saying back so that you can better train and prepare your team to be able to go out and do the same. Awesome. And if they're not doing it the way that you want and getting the results you want, reach out to Jennifer because her team definitely has the results, definitely has the testimonials. And it's not just fly by night, random examples. There are consistent case studies there on her website to check out. So the website, the gift link, all of that will be in the show notes. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming thank on you. today. Thanks.